Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sarah Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Brianna Williams. She's the production coordinator for the Proud Family Louder and Prouder and co-host of the Black and Animated Organization and Podcast that educates, informs, and inspires Black artists pursuing careers in animation. Hey, Brianna, how are you? Hello, hello, howdy, good morning. Well, it's morning for me. (laughs) Because I am, I'm over in the west of the coast and it's hot over here i don't know that sounds lovely i'm a ball of anxiety see i i i I co-host a podcast and yet i'm still a very anxious human being (laughs) i feel like podcasting makes anyone anxious honestly because it's like so many things can go wrong and 25 percent of the time it does so (laughs) i'm an anxious person too so i get it literally like i remember um waymond and i waymond is my co-host by the way on the black and animated podcast uh waymond and i uh (laughs) we were recording an episode way back in our first season a couple years ago when we were (sighs) i think we were talking about I think we were talking about Craig of the Creek Um, because we have episodes where we interview professionals in in the animation industry. Um, And we also just have episodes where we just talk casually about animation, how it relates to black culture. And we were just talking about Craig of the Creek. And I think we made it through the whole Craig of the Creek episode. And it just like the file just corrupted and we were really upset and we didn't record it for another two weeks or something because we were just really bummed out we were like okay like we were mad (laughs) because we had just talked very freely about how we felt and it was nice and it like flowed and that happened a couple times where like 30 minutes would go by and then it's like it wasn't recording (laughs) yeah yeah it's the worst and it always happens when it's like that was like such a good episode it was so perfect and like this is probably one of the best episodes we ever recorded. And it's like, and it didn't record. Great. <laughs> yep. It, it, it's a podcast life can be a struggle, but you know, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. Um, mm-hmm. One of the podcast life struggles though, that I feel like I perpetually have that I'm getting anxious about right now because <laughs> I can hear it in my headphones is like, Hmm, I wonder if my gain is too high. I don't know. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> well you sound good to me and you know we have some we have we have editor or an editor who's great and so they will um they will do a great job in making the sound good either way yes but sorry not to yeah. not to bore your listeners with a, a podcast <laughs> no, good. you know we gotta switch it up sometimes but would like to get to the 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 reason we're here um yeah. So the first question I typically ask every guest is, what is your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Oh, man. My first memory of watching Sailor Moon back in 1945 when I was a young lad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's how it feels. Four score and seven years ago. In the late ago. 1900s. <laughs> um, oh, geez. My first memory that I have is, it's a pretty wholesome one. Um, So I am not from LA originally. Um, I don't know how people live here. (laughs) I'm kidding. Sorry. No, I like Los Angeles. It's fine. Most of the work is here. It's fine. Everything is fine. Um, But I'm a Midwest baby. I am from uh, Chicago originally um, in the West suburbs to be more specific, but you know, as a Chicago person that's a transplant, it's just easier to say, I'm from Chicago. But then when you meet another Illinois person, then it's like, oh, they call you on your on your BS and you're like, oh, well, now I got to be specific because I'm not actually from Chicago because they'll get you. Um, but when I was a young lass, uh, just at my granny's house, I remember turning the TV on or somebody turned the TV on. Um, this is in the Midwest in a town in Illinois in the suburbs. And all of a sudden I just see this uh, cartoon that looks way different than anything I had ever seen before. And I was just captivated by it. Like, and I vividly remember seeing, um, and then like, I didn't know who she was at the time, but I saw, I saw uh, this girl with these buns in her hair twirling around, 
doing some weird magical twist and turns. And I was like, wow, what is happening here? What is this? And another girl with like long blonde hair and a, and a red bow in her hair. And there were stars floating around her. She was twirling around and she was wearing orange. And I'm like, whoa, what the heck is this? And immediately my baby brain just exploded because it didn't look like Bambi because I really loved Bambi. It didn't look like Cinderella. Who were these people and why were they twirling? And it looked really cool. What was happening? <laughs> and then when I got older, I think like uh, second grade or first grade, um, I went to Catholic school. I'm not Catholic though, but I went to Catholic school <laughs> and uh, we had an aftercare program where um you know, back in the day when Toonami was after school, <laughs> it wasn't mm -hmm. sa just Saturday nights. <laughs> yes. Kids today don't know. <laughs> they don't, Good they don't times. know. They don't know the joys of going home or going after school to turn it on TV. And there's Roni Kenshin or freaking He-Man or Goku and them just there. And it's like, oh, snap. But also the Sailor Scouts, they were there too. And I was like, oh, that's the twirly girls that I saw. And I was just hooked ever since. And I learned that they were the Sailor Scouts and this was Sailor Moon. And uh, I have been obsessed since I'm 28 years old now. And um, I still watch Sailor Moon to this day, all up in that Sailor Moon crystal, even though uh, the first two seasons were a little mm, visually, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, mm. under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then like uh, toy was like we're sorry have season three animated by the precure people i'm like oh, okay you're forgiven <laughs> yep and it was lovely <laughs> and it was lovely so yeah that's that's my um long-winded first memory of sailor moon just seeing these ladies spinning around well they're children <laughs> but to my yeah. baby self because long legs and like looking the way they did i'm like oh they're adults. These are grown people. These are grown yeah. people. Yeah. But Honestly, no, they're, they're children. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of confusing for me, at least, because, like, Sailor Jupiter and Mercury seem to live alone. Like, Jupiter definitely lives yeah. alone. And I'm like, are they adults? Like, what is going on? And it's just like, yeah, no, you, it's just... You never yeah. see their parents except for Serena's. By the way, I'm going to use the deke names oh, yeah. i'm sorry guys <laughs> you're all good we are we accept all names all <laughs> scout senshi usagi serena usagi and, Ma and mama chan are cute but um i'm all about that meatball head and yeah uh, serena <laughs> sorry guys listen <laughs> all about that meatball head <laughs> if the deke dub did anything right it was coming up with meatball head because <laughs> that is such a good like translation of dumpling head and I'm just like, y'all, y'all did that. No, I w it was so good. And like, I, yeah. like Stephanie Shane, them did a really good job, you know, with, um, yeah, with the Visri dub. dub, like, like that cast is 10 out of 10. Like they're really great. And, but I just, I don't know. I guess I don't get the same, like warm feeling hearing, uh, Mamaru call her, uh, bun head. Wait, yeah. Does he call her bun head? Yeah, he calls her yeah, bunhead. Bunhead. Mm -hmm. in instead of um, or hearing like Mamo instead of like Darian, you know. Mm -hmm. But but it's all it's all right. the The Eternal movies were so good. Wow, they are. They were so good. I yeah, so I was good. like so happily surprised, and I'm like now I'm like really excited and anticipating the final season, and I'm really I'm really looking forward to that. Cause I'm like, okay, oh y'all finally gosh. got it. Like y'all, y'all are like on a roll now, and I feel like this is something that's gonna like the story's gonna be great. Like it's one of my favorite seasons. Like the animation's gonna be good. Like y'all are getting better and better. Let's just hit this home run. <laughs> yeah, I literally cannot wait. Oh man, like, and <laughs> my boyfriend, um, he. He thinks Slayer Moon's a little silly and I'm like well you know what it is it's fine but he sat down and watched the Eternal movies with me and he was like this looks pretty good this looks really good and I'm like yeah it does <laughs> yeah I feel like the first two seasons are definitely more like 
silly and like which is like I said it's fine like it's I love it it makes me happy um I think season three and four is when you get in five was when you get like a little more serious and it's like mm-hmm. I feel like anyone would definitely be a fan but I have to ask do you have any favorite like episodes or moments from watching the show I do I do one um so from the the 90s series the classic series one of my favorite episodes comes from the anime only season with with Anne and Alan um the yes. whole like return of Sailor Moon saga like that's kind of where I became hyper aware of it so I've just got a pretty big nostalgia and like I got a warm spot for that season even though like it's just kind of technically not <laughs> you know um and one of my favorite moments is that first episode when Serena gets her memories back where she's like, oh my God, like I did all this stuff and I just want to be a normal teenager, but oh, hey, Luna, let's, let's kick some butt. And (laughs) it's a very like silly moment um, that I remember that is really fun to me where it's like in the beginning of the episode where, um, like the meteor no is it not a meteor it's like a weird plant flesh thing because it's like oh, the doom tree yeah. seed mm-hmm. that Anne and alan come on and then it creates this crater and everybody's outside watching it just like looking at the hole because they're like whoa what happened in the neighborhood and serena's like oh hey like what are you doing out here rubbernecking and (laughs) she says that to amy and then like you see glimpses of lita and just everybody outside and it's just it's i don't know it's a really cute scene to me it's a very cute scene just sort of like reintroduce the girls and to see everybody again i really like that um and also sorry another moment i guess i have several moments that i really like in the right place (laughs) i I really like the moment from, uh, again, classic series, from Super, where, when uh, she gets the cutie moon rod for the first time, when um, she's fighting against that, uh, that like, cat uh, di- uh, heart snatcher. I'm going to call them heart snatchers. Mm. <laughs> <of> the diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's fighting against that, like, weird, like, cat heart snatcher, um, which has a really cool design, by the way. There are, there are a lot of, like, cool monster of the week designs in the old yeah. series there's some really like goofy ones too yeah um but she gets the cutie moon rod and uh serena's just in her like you know princess serenity dress and darian's in his like prince darian outfit and then they're holding it and it's just a very cute romantic moment to me where they're both like holding the scepter and i'm like love <laughs> yeah love wins it all yeah love wins I, so yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of moments I like in Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfectly fine. That means you're in the right place. I also love those moments, uh, especially like that one. Like the Doom Tree arc is one of my favorites, and I feel like it gets underrated. It's underrated because I love like that scene, like you mentioned, where you know they're all there, and it's kind of like sad because it's like oh they went through all this stuff together and they don't even like really know each other anymore. And mm-hmm. then you have Serena trying to figure out whether or not she should like tell them or let them like you know enjoy their lives um, oh yeah when they're like auditioning for that movie thing yeah. and then they all get captured and molly's there yeah <laughs> poor molly Molly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why was she country i don't know <laughs> she's supposed to be from like brooklyn <laughs> apparently oh, i guess it is brooklyn yeah i don't know i don't know yeah actually adam <laughs> the voice actress on the show and she explained to me why she did the accent and apparently in the Japanese version, Molly is supposed to be like country or like she has like a like a southern accent or something or like a different accent from everyone else because she's from like the countryside in Japan. So she was trying to give her a different accent in the dub. So she oh, gave her like okay. that, that New York, Brooklyn, New Jersey accent. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Hey, that's very thoughtful of them. I'm glad they yeah. did that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it's still really funny because it's like, what is going on? Um, but uh, yeah, and I just love like that end where it's like the Doom Tree needed love, and it's like twist. I feel like that was my first like plot twist in a show that like got me. That's all the Doom Tree needed was love. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's like y'all have been fueling it with all this hatred and doing all these horrible things, and it's like all this time it just needed love. 
the <laughs> Moonlight Night being like Darian's will to just protect Serena was also a pretty wild twist to me. I was like, yeah. whoa, hold on a minute. Thank you. It's like a very obvious, you're like, oh no, like he clearly remembers, right? That's obviously him. And then it's like, no, this is just your weird like essence of like your love manifesting itself. Like, oh, okay, sure. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I love that too. And like my friend was watching it. Um, This friend actually I was talking about, um, I did a podcast before this with Nerds on Hip Hop, Marcus, and he was like, is this his clone? And I was like, no. And he kept trying to guess who it was. And he was like, I'm going to be mad if it's his clone. I'm like, not a clone. <laughs> and then he was like, it was his clone. I was like, no, it was a manifestation of his mind. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, you, if you think about it, I guess it could technically be a clone, technically. I refuse to let him win. I'm like, no, it was a manifestation of his mind because he cared so much. <laughs> but... It's fine. You know, it's, we just have to agree to disagree. <laughs> we'll miss you. We'll miss you, Moonlight Night. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, also, we talked a little bit about Serena, but um, do you have a favorite scout? Sailor Scout. Oh man, I love me some Ray Hino. Yes. Like, baby me wanted to be Ray because she was really strong, really like assertive. She felt. <laughs> See, um, this is like, you know, point of contention with like manga and Crystal and 90s series because mm-hmm. like, you know, Ray felt more like the leader than anybody else of the of the of the scouts. Yeah. And even though, you know, that's supposed to be Mina's position, but like they right. kind of nerfed it in the 90s version. Like she didn't really get that actual leadership role that she's supposed to be having that yeah. Noaka intended. <laughs> yep. um, but but I loved that about Ray, like my like baby me really loved that that she just felt like she was a leader and Ray seemed like she had everything together she was kind of mean she's kind of mean but I think I was kind of projecting a little bit because I um (laughs) because even though I loved Ray I am actually very much like Serena in so many ways I cry a lot I am very very much in love with my partner (laughs) yay very very much in love and um kind of a little like want to smooch him all the time (laughs) just like she does and um hey uh i got a i got d's in math math is hard bro math is Uh, hard i'm an art student math is important do math like do it stem is important well it's steam now because art is part of artist part of stem i didn't hear that that's so that's awesome i love that yeah it's really great especially for like um uh sorry quick tangent it's really good for like especially if you're like an international student doing art the arts so that way you can like you know do work visa stuff because it's part of because art is part of stem now as steam so that helps with like visas and all that jazz um i don't know everything about it but it helps people like stay over here for like work stuff that's for awesome visa things i love so, that yeah. that's awesome yeah it's, it's 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 pretty neat thank you for that um of course of course <laughs> <laughs> i worked with some international people um in my job so i've learned a little bit more about the it, the struggles of international uh workers over here especially in animation because boy let me tell you it's a it's rough the, this this country um there's a lot of talented people that are like not here in the u.s and it's just like hey let them work but our country is just kind of a butt sometimes so systems have to change to kind of help them so they can stay here so that our country's not as much of a butt um mm-hmm. but that's a different conversation Sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different conversation back to sailor um, mars <laughs> ba- back to sailor mars yes um, so yeah, I I was kind of projecting just because I was like, I want, I guess I needed someone to kind of get on me like that. And like my best friend is very much like a combo of Ray and Sailor Jupiter um, and Lita because like Lita was her favorite Sailor Scout. I even made a, <laughs> I made an AMV for her for her birthday in high school of, of best Lita. friend <laughs> and ever. Her, and it made her cry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was... <laughs> 
I just like cut up uh, scenes with Lita like fighting and stuff with Sailor Jupiter, and I used the song "Heart of Sword" by TM Revolution from <laughs> Ready Kitchen. I love um, that. That is like the best gift you can get anyone. <laughs> oh yeah, little little me really loved Ray, but I think I am very much accepting of the fact that I am not a Ray. I'm not a Sailor Mars. I am very much. Sailor Moon, very much Serena more so, and hey, that's okay, because I think I was just projecting that I didn't want to be a big crybaby, but sometimes it's okay to cry, and that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you need to feel feelings. Feel feelings is important, and it makes her powerful, so like, it does. that's important. Yeah, I feel you though, I am definitely Serena, and but I also feel like I'm a little Sailor Mercury. I don't know how it works. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know, but also like math, not fun. Um, but I do want to talk about you a little bit. We talked about you know school and your feelings and things, but you're doing awesome things despite the anxiety and you know <laughs> overall stress of life. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there's there there's a depending on when you're listening to this, there's a there's a panda out there. There's a there's a there's oh, pandy yeah. still going. still going. It's not over. Year three. <laughs> oh God! It is the year three, man. Yeah. yeah, I know. It makes me really sad. Like I think back to myself in March 2020, and I was like, I was so optimistic. I was like, one month tops. Yeah. Same, same. I I had just started my job at Disney, um, in March of 2020, actually, um. I got like my job offer to work on Proud Family at Disney TV Animation, um, like end of February. Like, so I had like two weeks before I started. I started the first week of March, and that third week, you know, before everything exploded, everybody at the office was like, "Oh, we'll be back. It's fine. It's fine." Because on Friday, that third week of March, they were like, "Yeah, you know, uh." We're going to work from home for a little while and it'll be fine. Um, it'll be fine. And then Monday, like that, the fourth week, the day the fourth week started of March, they were like working from home indefinitely. There were no plans to return. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? This is life now, guys. This is life. And I was, and I was so upset because, um, <laughs> Actually, I interrupted your question. I started to tangent again. I need to come up with like a, a slogan every time a tangent happens on the podcast because I love tangents and I will like fall down any rabbit hole. I feel like I need to like start marking them with like a fun like sound like tangent time. But, <laughs> but you are right. Oh, to get us back a track. I wanted to ask you, how did Black and Animated come about? Right. So, uh, yeah, as, as was mentioned earlier, yeah, I am the co-founder of the organization Black and Animated and the co-host of its podcast, the Black and Animated podcast. And Black and Animated is, you know, like we, my, my co-host and I, um, and co-founder, Waymond, Wayman Singleton, who's also work, he also works in the animation industry uh, with me. He's a storyboard artist on The Ghost and Molly McGee. Check it out on Disney Channel. It's really good. Um, and we both, like, we didn't know each other in college. We met when, after we both moved to LA around the same time um, at a mixer event at Cartoon Network. And we both were being mentored by the same person. Um, sort of separately at separate at different times. Uh, we had a storyboard mentor named Chris Wimberly. He's a very good resource. He has a podcast as well. And he sometimes does uh, workshops every now and then. So, hey, if you want to be a board artist, definitely keep an eye out for workshops that Chris Wimberly puts out. Really great, um, talented black director in the industry. Um, and uh, Chris through his like organization and mentorship uh, group, he was hosting a mixer at Cartoon Network. Wayman and I met there, we started talking, and then there's an event that um, 
we don't really go to anymore. Um, but the Creative Talent Network Expo, uh, or CTN for short, it's basically think uh, Comic Con, but for animation, or like you know GDCs for mm. games, but CTN is for animation. Although there are other alternatives now that are just as good. Um, there's a Lightbox Expo that happens in Pasadena that people Ooh, should definitely check out. Lightbox really good. Expo. Very good. Writing that down. Yep. It's very, really good uh, animation convention. Really great. Um, but we met at, met up at CTN sort of talking about how like, you know, we're thinking about like, where are all of like the black people working in animation? Because we couldn't really think of anybody like you could count on your hand how many people there were at least in like you know the limelight because you know th- th- this isn't a diss against them but like you hear so much about like glenn keen or i don't know uh you hear about like the nine old men like 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 mark davis and those guys and they're all very talented people but you know, representation is important. And as black people that were in college doing animation and trying to pursue it as a career and separately, mind you, like I'm in Chicago in college, Wayman's in New York, and we're both having the same thought of like, is this something that I can do? The old folks that are black in animation, like I can't even, we can't even think of any besides Floyd Norman, who is one of the, one of the last people to work directly with Walt Disney. Um, he's still around. He's still kicking. Sometimes run into him in Burbank, just just talking, just an old 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 black dude who worked with Walt. He's very nice. Um, and then there's uh the showrunner I work with currently on Proud Family, uh, Bruce W. Smith. So it's like, who else is there? And we thought, well, you know, there are black people that are working in this industry. Maybe we should just try and find them and highlight them, so that way folks who are in college like we were can find that inspiration and find that like representation so they can feel like they're not alone and they can do this. So women and I got together and decided to like plan out, like, how are we going to make a podcast? How do we reach out to people? Cause I at the time didn't have a job in animation. Um, I was working in graphic design, just trying to like, you know, make money out here while I hustled for animation work on the side. Cause it's expensive in LA guys. It's expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. Um, and Wayman was still maybe a couple months fresh into his first uh, industry job at a studio called Oddbot. That's out here. Um, they do some like preschool stuff sometimes and like commercials. So we were both very green and very nervous to hit people up. But um, one of our first, uh, one of our one of our first guests was someone who had been in the field for a very long time, Dan Haskett who, you know, he worked on Little Mermaid, um, was the designer for Ariel, um, and he worked on Scooby-Doo, just like, just a legend in the industry, uh, worked on Simpsons and everything, like, he's been around for a minute, and then, you know, after interviewing him, and then another, uh, a production, uh, manager at Oddbot, uh, Brittany Lee, we were kind of like, you know what, we, Let's try to stop being nervous and, you know, these people are here, we can do this and we're going to provide this for folks. We really want people to feel represented, to see folks that, you know, that are veterans, that are green, that are in the middle of their career and to just know that, you know, black people make cartoons too. You know, we're out here and it's reached a bunch of folks. Like, um, we had a young woman who is now, you know, well on her way into her career now. Um, she emailed us one year saying that the podcast inspired her to apply to the Nickelodeon artist program and to finally put herself out there a bit more. And then she got into the program and now she's been working on lots of like cool action shows as a board artist now and as a revisionist and she's working over at Marvel animation. Like it's really great, you know? just as an example (laughs) that is awesome and it's so true i feel like for me included like i don't know how many black people are in animation and if i wanted like i don't know how many black people are in animation i also don't know like how many different animation jobs there are where it's like okay like yeah because i feel like people like animator like you animate what happens but it's like you have the background artist a storyboard artist like 
revision art and like <laughs> all these other things and I know there's more and I, I feel like this was such a great resource for people, you know, not just for people one against animation, but people like me where I'm like, I just want to learn more. Like what is, what is happening? Exactly. Because like, you know, mm. you can, you know, you can be a big fan of animation and maybe you've always, maybe your art isn't the greatest, but you don't have to do art to be part of the animation production pipeline. Like my current job is a production coordinator. I'm not doing art for that. Like I, I eventually want to transition to being a storyboard artist, which is storyboard and character design. Those are like the only two things. And maybe an animator, that's the only two things people know that you do. But you know, if you're, if you're like into accounting or production management, like there's like finance jobs and animation studios there's like like again like what i'm doing like production coordinating production managing line producing like those are all jobs that you can do if you're an editor like you sit at home making amvs all days or like fan cams you can use that <laughs> those editing skills to be an editor on a on a show or be a technical director if you like to work in after effects or toon boom harmony there's so many jobs that are available heck you like being a lawyer uh at animation studios we need people who are in the legal division to like close the deals for artists or for like close the deals for people trying to you know pitch shows and things like that there's so many ways to be involved within the pipeline like you can't like you can't even imagine it is there's so many facets that that we need more people of color and we need more black people at all these levels in order to get these different stories made yeah that's so important too like what you said like it's not just being in like the arts but like in like the executive positions or like uh you know being a lawyer and it's i'm sure it's helpful if you're a fan of animation or you know you, or if you even know like if you put together an amv you, you probably have more of an understanding of like what's being done than mm -hmm. you know someone else who doesn't have that experience or doesn't isn't familiar with you know the work yep and all it takes is like you know um who was it i was watching or i i don't remember like what video or like if it was a tweet or something but uh dan olson he is the creator behind the youtube channel folding ideas and he's like an editor by trade like professionally but you know there's a lot of people that are editors for like youtubers online right and th that that is a job but a lot of those folks haven't exactly um applied those skills to like working in a professional like you know like on a movie or on a piece of animation like that type of editing work but I find that you know if you are an editor for someone who is like a content creator you can take those skills and like you know massage that a little bit and apply that to working in animation as an animatic editor a picture editor a technical director like you can use the skills that you have in order to be part of the creative process. And I think that's so important for black people, um, specifically just because like, you know, our audience, we're trying to reach black folks that are into animation. Cause there's so many, there's so many black weebs out there, man. <laughs> you and I right now, <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> there's so many black weebs out there yes. that want to make like anime or be part of animation. Yeah. And there's so many, there's so many um cartoons that are made over here in the in the in the west that require skills for people that draw in anime style your art teacher told you don't draw anime don't don't like no ignore that absolutely <laughs> yes get those fundamental skills so you can know how to do uh, anatomy and everything get those fundamentals but don't stop drawing your anime there's a there's something in development probably somewhere right now because anime is all over the place and all of the people that loved anime that are big weebs growing up are making shows now you take those anime skills and you can get yourself a job on the next i don't know <laughs> the next cool anime thing that's coming out that's made over here in the u.s yeah like sorry to go on my soapbox a little bit but like it's just there's just so many jobs and we need we need <laughs> we need people of color at every level of the pipeline to get these wonderful stories being told i completely agree and speaking of like wonderful stories what would you say is your favorite and a black animated series or black led animated series 
Oh man. Um, my favorite black led animated series. Well, it's tough because there's not a whole lot of them. I know. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like going through a few in my mind and I was like, I got like five. <laughs> I, well, I guess actually created by black people. Oh, you know, I wasn't even going to go. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I guess like a, sh oh, like a show enough. that's actually created. Yeah, <laughs> one that's actually made by black people. Um, I would say probably would be the boon. No, mm, is it the Boondocks or is it? It's either Boondocks or Proud Family because I think they both sort of permeated. Um, <laughs> they both permeated kind of a quote unquote normie space, I guess, for viewership. And I mean normie in the sense of like somebody who doesn't necessarily watch cartoons all the time, but your grand, your you know your old your black grandma was watching Proud Family with you, you know. Like she was watching that with you or yeah, I can see that. your mom doesn't watch cartoons all the time, but she thought that Huey and Riley were hilarious. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say a mix of, like, I guess like both of them would be my favorite, but in terms of like a show that is, cause I, cause I feel like I have to categorize it because <laughs> just because how stuff is made. Um, but in terms of how like a show that is not, show run by black people but has a lot of black talent on the team i would say my favorite of that would be um currently i would say uh that would be uh craig of the creek craig of the mm -hmm. creek is not create was not created by black people um as showrunners but uh Craig of the Creek is, you know, the head writer, Jeff Tremel is like a wonderful person. And he, along with so many of the board artists who are black, because um, I believe that show is uh, board driven. So it's like outlined by, by the writers, but also like the flavor of the writing is from the board artists themselves is what a board driven show means. So like their board artists are kind of writing too. Um, that show has so many like very things that are unique to the black experience that I think are really wonderful to see, especially because Craig of the Creek falls into that um kids just being kids. Yeah. Uh, you don't see a lot of that with black children just like thriving and different types of black kids. Like in in that show, there's so many different types of black children or children of color, period that are just doing different things and just, and it's normal and it's fine. There's no like black struggle, like undertone within it. It's just all very wholesome. Yeah. And, I know that. Um, and a preschool thing that I think is really fun is Ada Twist Scientist, which just Ooh. recently came out. I feel like I've heard that. It's like a PBS show uh it is on it's on netflix actually oh. but it's based off of books and um it is ep'd by uh the lady who is in charge was in charge of uh doc mcstuffins but is show run by um a writer i worked with actually um on my first show that i was a production assistant on mira uh carrie grant very wonderful black woman as the showrunner of that show cool i just looked it up it looks so good yeah i have seen these books haven't seen the show. Also a big fan of Craig of the Creek. Like Jessica is, I love Jessica so much. She is. Oh, Jessica is amazing. I am so excited <laughs> for her spinoff. Like it is ridiculous. <laughs> She's so funny. And of course, Sparkle Cadet is like great. No one can dull her sparkle. No one. I have oh, a little print of it. Sparkle Cadet um, in the living room and it's just so precious. When I saw her, I'm like, oh, thank God. We need more Black Magical Girls. I want to see yeah. more of this. <laughs> it made me so happy. I was like, thank you to everyone who did this. And yeah, it was just great. It was great. Oh, I feel like it's like the first canon Black Magical Girl. I think so, yeah. and Like, like on a... Animate, animated, at least. I... I'm trying to think. Doesn't yeah i think so like an actual black girl because 
I feel like I saw something floating around that Precure had a black girl that was a ma magical black girl recently, but I don't know if she was actually black or, you know, we just kind right. of claimed her because we have slim pickings and we do that. <laughs> that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's what I was kind of hesitated for a bit, but I wasn't sure, like, was she, is she black or is she just tan, you know? <laughs> like, right. And we're just like, close enough. Because <laughs> we don't have much, like you said. I have to look into that because maybe maybe she actually is black and that'll make me really happy. But um, yeah, so that's cool. So yeah, I love all of those shows. I totally feel you. And I'm so happy you mentioned The Proud Family because that's where I was going to go next. Um, how does it feel to work on the new Proud Family show after being a fan of the original? It feels kind of like a dream. Um, oh man, like I... <laughs> I it was really weird like I didn't expect to be on a show that I grew up watching or like a continuation slash reboot of a show that I grew up watching as a child and I never expected to actually meet um and and work with an animator who I admired a lot um in college like I, I did not expect it and <laughs> because the thing is, is like, you know, it's like I said before, like proud family really permeated just a lot of like the general black, like zeitgeist. Like if you were black, you, even if you didn't watch it, you knew what proud family was. It was in line with like that era of black sitcom with like moesha the parkers half and half one-on-one -on -one. like those were on all the time in the house but like proud family like was also around and on and like you knew about it just like with the boondocks and i think that's why it was so special like and, and don't get me wrong like a lot of that stuff because you know it's 2021 like we we get older we get wiser and we become more aware of things that are problematic or things that um like tropes and things that should be fixed or you know discussed and 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 and, and analyzed so like you know not everything within like that era of black black sitcoms is perfect uh mm -hmm. but there is just you know you didn't you, you never saw an animated black family before like you didn't you didn't really see it and on disney channel and right. somebody only talked about it was like <laughs> like you always saw a token black friend but you never saw a token white friend before <laughs> like right so like true. nobody did that <laughs> oh my god and we love zoe but nobody yeah. did that before <laughs> and there usually is like at least one white person in every black group sometimes mm -hmm. and so it was like very accurate to a degree and yeah, you're right. And everyone, like, yeah, you said, like, loved her. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, she's part of the crew. Like, she she plays her role. Yeah, Zoe yeah. was accepted. She was part of the crew. She was yeah. one of the friends, everything. And she never and... tried to, like, quote, unquote, be black. Right. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it just feels, and, and, and working at Disney, period, kind of was never really the goal, to be honest. Like, I had always wanted to work at um, like Warner, Warner Brothers and Titmouse were always kind of my dream places mm, to work yeah. when I got to college. It's still go, you know, because I, eventually because I'm a really big. Hmm? I'm like, it still happen in the future. <laughs> it still can. Like that's part of the business mm -hmm. is like kind of hopping around from place to place unless you want to stay at some place and just not, not move and they'll just put you on something else. But that's the nature of the biz over here. Like you, you, pop around but like working at warner brothers was a dream because i love superheroes i love dc and i think that kind of liking sailor moon liking superheroes like on like a like a like a team like the whole team aesthetic really gets me so that's why like i i love those types of stories so like justice like justice league appeals to me more so than the, the dc heroes on their own so mm. and i think that came from sailor moon like me liking that ensemble cast like working as a team <laughs> i also love teams i love a good team up moment like it, avengers endgame was everything to me 
10 out of 10. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, like working at Disney and working on Proud Family is just, it's really crazy. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. It's just that it's like, I didn't expect it. And I'm just very thankful and feel pretty blessed, like to, and, and it's not really about the Disney prestige. Like, I don't really care about that aspect of it. Well, I don't know. It's weird. It's like I do and I don't because Disney's corporation, <laughs> but also big part of my life. Um, because it's the, I love those films, but it's the fact that I'm working on a piece of media that means a lot to me, um, because of its content. Like that's the most important part to me. Like, I think that's important for a lot of people who are trying to get into animation. Um, I think that they should remember that, that like, you know, not, not everything you work on is going to be a banger. You know, sometimes a job's a job and you're just trying to pay the bills, but sometimes like you shouldn't worry about like the prestige name of like, I work at Disney, I work at Nickelodeon. It's not really about those name brand things. It's about, are you working on something that's meaningful to you? And I think that's, what's more important. And so, so that's why like working on proud family means so much to me because of its importance to my childhood. And because I get to be a part of helping create just one of many things for black kids to watch. Proud family is not the end all be all, but it's just one of many black stories that are out there. And I think that's so important that there's just different types of ways black people can be, whether it's sitcom, whether it's adventure, whether it's like, you know, in a fantasy setting, give me like, or, or, or magical, like, like sparkle cadet exists. Penny can exist. I'm excited for moon girl when that drops from, uh, from Disney with Marvel. Same. Like <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, or even like, you know, seeing a mixed, uh, black and Asian girl, Kipo or her friend, like Wolf, like, like Wolf is, oh, I love her. I love Wolf. I, I love her hair. Dang. Like, it's great. Like, I love her. She's great. And Benson, you know, like wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> sorry. So I, I keep going off on tangents about cartoons because I love animation so much. <laughs> too it makes me so happy like i love it um what does your day-to-day -day look like as a production coordinator uh my day-to-day -day is very much people moving people managing um and it depends too on which part of the pipeline i'm in so you can do post coordinating or pre-production coordinating and uh the pre-production process is basically like when you're dealing with animation you have pre-pro and then you have post and then well you also have development before that but i'm not going to talk about development um so pre-pro basically is like the the writing and then it goes to the storyboarding and then it goes to the editing but simultaneously while that's happening um the designing is happening and then you ship it off to overseas or you're uh, out of your off-site vendor because animation is not done here in america for all people who don't know <laughs> if you want to be an animator you gotta go to canada or the philippines or mexico or Interesting. just anywhere that's not in the u.s that's well fun. or or you can do retake animation like on toon boom harmony uh but some mm -hmm. studios like titmouse do do some animation in-house um it's either on animate or it's in toon boom so yeah if you want to be an animator, um, just make sure you're aware that a lot of like actual animation for TV is not done here. Uh, really good to know. <laughs> yeah, only feature studios. Like if you work at DreamWorks feature, you work at Disney feature, they're doing animation here. TV is not really doing that. It's all pre-production. Just the writing, the design, the the audio, the the storyboarding the editing and me as the production coordinator i kind of have to make sure all this stuff happens at the right time so i can package it all up and then go get animated and then it comes back 
with like your first pass of the animation. Um, and then you do retakes. And then as a post coordinator, I have to make sure all of that stuff happens in the right order where like we give them, we give the studio notes like fix this, fix that, fix this. Or we give our technical directors notes to be like, fix that, fix this. And then package that up with the editors and then the editors give it to the final finalization people, the, the, the nebulous people that I don't know. <laughs> and they put it in like some weird place to go on air and then it goes on TV for your viewer to watch. So that's kind of a quick down and dirty version of what a coordinator does. Just basically make sure stuff, a bunch of things happen <laughs> and scheduling. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. Um, and if each Proud Family cast had a favorite, or maybe maybe just Penny's family. I don't know. I want to ask, like, they had their favorite century. Who do you think they'd be? Like, realizing there's a lot of Proud Family characters. <laughs> there are. I haven't thought about everybody, but I think that... Okay. Um, you're your top three. <laughs> I believe that... Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, Trudy would probably like uh, Sailor Mercury a lot because they're both very organized and well put together folks. And like, you know, they try to like be the voice of reason and they're like the smartest between, between like, you know, their groups. So I think Trudy would very much like um, Amy. Definitely. Um, I feel like, because of Penny's personality, I think that she might like, um, it's weird. Like, I feel like she might like Serena, but I also think she might, she might like a combo of Serena and Ray, but I, but it's weird. Cause I feel like, <laughs> I feel like La Cienega might like Ray and then Penny and La Cienega mm. will probably fight over it. Yes. <laughs> think they would fight over it definitely <laughs> um and i know that not much is out about her yet but as like a fun little thing i feel like maya kiki palmer's character who when louder and prouder drops uh you guys will get to see more of her i feel like maya would very much enjoy um uh haruka so Ooh, I think, okay. yeah, I th I think Maya would very much, uh, want to, like, dress up as and like think, um, Sailor Uranus is really cool. Yeah, I was not expecting that. I thought you were gonna say Jupiter because I could see Kiki Palmer liking Jupiter. Not that they're the same. She's the same as her characters, but mm -hmm. not expecting Uranus. That's really cool. I'm excited to meet this character. Um. Do you have any advice for someone who wants to become a production coordinator? Um, I would say really the best advice I could give someone who would want to, would want to get into production for animation as a coordinator or even as a PA, um, because that's where you would start. You would start as a PA first and then move up to a coordinator unless you've got super bomb skills and you just jump into coordinating. <laughs> um, I would say... Yeah, you never know. So I, I've seen it happen before. Some people just shoot right to, right to coordinator. And I'm like, dang, look at you. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, but I would say that, you know, having really good organizational skills are a must because you, as production, you are the backbone of the entire show. Like your production team, like your line producer, the production manager, the supervisor, the coordinators, the PAs. Like a lot of people don't, realize it but you know it's not just the folks that are the animators in a in basic terms like you know it's not just our our creative uh counterparts that are the only ones doing the work and you know we're all we're all a team we're all in this together it's the artists that are doing work and it's also your production team which is helping them stay on task and getting their assignments done because without production like nothing would get made nothing would happen on time and i think it's so important for someone going into production to want to have that drive to want to learn about the pipeline to learn how things are made and to be a good team player and you know just be willing and ready to uh, assist when necessary and also just have an interest in 
animation period because I, I know I said like I separated us into production and creative, but if your job is a production person, it is creative. You're working on a creative thing. You're you're being creative in an organizational way by helping people be on task. So yeah, that's a long-winded way of me saying good advice is to just be organized and I don't know, just have that drive. I know it's very generic, but I, it's, it's a job that I think, um, you're capable of if you have the passion for it and you have the drive to wanting to be part of a team and making something like creative happen. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is very long winded, no. kind of generic way to explain it. Cause I could go into like the nitty gritty, but <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> be- Cause you captured the essence of what you need and like what you need to have. Like, before you like do like the work like you need to come with this spirit and I feel like that's important and I love how you're like you know you work with a team and you were talking earlier about how you love teams you know I love teams too like working on a team watching teams people banding together to get through a goal like it's fun stuff um oh you know what actually I think I might want to amend what I said before I think about like favorite sailor scouts I think Maya would like jupiter a lot and Ooh. i think um michael would be very into uh uranus i could see that michael yeah michael collins there you go yeah i could totally see that cool thank you <laughs> i i feel like i tangented so much about animation like as a whole <laughs> instead of more sailor moon stuff i'm so sorry no it's supposed <laughs> to be a balance of sailor moon things and you so that is totally fine and also we're going to end with a very Sailor Moon thing, which is, you know, just like Sailor Moon has a Sailor Moon says phrase at the end of every episode. What would your phrase be? So Sailor Brianna says. Hmm. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> Sailor Brianna says. Words. <laughs> words are important. I say words. <laughs> ah! what does sailor what does sailor breeze say god dang it see i should have thought about it a bit more in depth and i i told myself at the beginning i was like yeah i'm gonna think about this, this is gonna be great and then now i'm here i'm like oh no <laughs> it sneaks up on every guest and i feel so bad <laughs> <laughs> um sailor Bree says i'm like looking at my pin board right now of like all my sailor moon pins Ooh, yeah just draw inspiration <laughs> to, try to, to try to get inspiration <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Some previous ones have been like punch beer in the face or uh um man, I'm forgetting them now. Oh, oh, here we go. Sailor Breeze says anyone can be creative. All you have to do is let that creativity shine. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. So we were just talking about Sparkle yeah. Cadet and how no one can dull her shine, and you were saying don't let anyone dull your creative shine literally you can be creative in any way you want and like i i I don't know i I just think it ties back into what i said before about how like you know there's so many there are so many things that someone can do to be involved with animation like i mean to tie it to sailor moon a little bit like how do you think like sailor moon gets made there there are so many people that are on that team like sailor moon has production managers Sailor Moon has cleanup animators, uh, people that do, um, oh geez, what's the phrase called? Uh, the, the, the dog, doga, I believe. I don't want to misquote it. Um, but they do like the, they do like the main cuts. They do the the keyframes. So that's like a separate job or, and then they have like, you know, the people that are doing audio, do cutting the animation together and like, uh, and like editing and because it's the digital age, there are, there are people that I know that have worked on Sailor Moon that are over here in the U.S. on like small, smaller, like marketing projects. Like you can be involved in any way possible. If like, if you want to be part of animation, there is a way for you to do it no matter what Like you can. And I believe you. And if you are a person of color listening to this podcast, like you know, Serena always had like the support of her friends and she was able to conquer anything. And I feel that 
you can conquer anything as well. If animation is your passion, you can do it. You can get in there. I completely agree. And if you are listening to this and you have any power to get me on anything Sailor Moon, email me. <laughs> <laughs> like I will literally production assistant, assistant of the production assistant, wipe the tables down, get the coffee. Just let me be in the room. <laughs> I'll be there. Um, and for you, Brie, uh, what is next for you and where can people find you? Um, so what's next for me, I guess, like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm trying to work on a, <laughs> I have a, a couple of pitch ideas that I'm trying to just work on Ooh. on the side right now. Um, cause one of the perks of being in animation, again, no matter like what job you have, um, you have the opportunity to pitch at a studio that you work at and, um, I'm hoping to, by the end of the year, if, if at all possible, uh, to pitch a TV series idea that I've been, that I've had like rumbling in my head for a little while. And then to also just get, um, another idea at least started. Cause it's good to have like a couple ideas and I've got a couple and one of them's a little more solid than the others right now. So that that's kind of what I'm in the process of doing and also trying to transition to um trying to transition out of production because being on the artist side is where my passion lies I'm trying to transition out of production coordinating into uh storyboarding so I'm looking for storyboard revisionist positions um just with like within the company or even like elsewhere just to see like you know just to see that um I am capable of doing this job and yeah because I like drawing. <laughs> it's nice to help out like my my team get their, you know, meet their deadlines and to make sure that the show happens. But um, I'd very much like to draw <laughs> as well. <laughs> and uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Where where can you find me? Yeah. Um, sorry. No, <laughs> about that part. Uh, you can find me uh, in a couple places. You can find me on Twitter at Brianimator. See, I thought that that Twitter handle was really clever in college because I was like, wow, I'm going to be an animator. I mean, it's still going to happen. No. You're, you're getting towards the mm. art side, you know? It is, but I'm not about to animate. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't like animating. All right. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. Storyboarding, give me that. Animating, no thank you. <laughs> I don't want to do that there it's it's a lot mm -hmm. i know how to do it but i'm i don't want to do that for 40 hours makes sense makes sense <laughs> it's a labor of love um yeah so that's at brianimator on twitter or you can find me on instagram at brianimator but spelled with uh i think two a's because there is an at brianimator already on instagram who is not me I think this is the second time I've said this on a podcast. Now, one of these days, that brand animator is going to listen and be like, oh, dang, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. She sounds so salty. And like, maybe I'm a little salty, but hey, you got it first. It's fine. Listen, I'm salty <laughs> about the person who has Sarah Victoria on Instagram because I'm like, just switch yours so I can switch mine. But, you know, it's it's fine. I mean, not Instagram, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not Sarah Victoria on Twitter and they don't even use her account. But. That's neither here nor there. Um. Mm, all right, time. Let, let's uh, we're gonna have a little chat with us. Say yeah, we're right. Chat with them some there. old, hmm. old hmm. keyboard warriors, but I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's where you where you can find me at Insta and Twitter. And oh yeah, my 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 portfolio is BriannaWilliams.com. Oh, yeah. If you want to see my storyboarding work, and uh, yeah, if you hey, if you have a project and you need a freelance storyboard artist, I'm available. So yeah, awesome. let me know yes definitely hit her up stuff looks awesome i'm super excited i feel like everyone who comes on this podcast always talks about what they want to do next and it happens so i know it's going to happen for you too because manifestation, manifestation and sailor moon just go hand in hand um yeah. Heck yeah but once again i am victoria l johnson host of the sailor moon fan club podcast and you can find me at it's old school on Twitter and Instagram. That's old school with a K. And you can find me on the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. Also an issue with someone having Mooney's Club. But <laughs> and we also have merch at Mooney'sClub.com if you want to check that out. And I'm at on TikTok at Sailor Victoria. And thanks, Brianna, for coming on the show. 
thank you so much for having me. Like for real, I was, I feel very honored to just be um, one of your guests and it's always so nice to just, like, I don't get to uh, yell about Sailor Moon often with other black mm-hmm. folks and, or just yell about anime and video games in general with other black people. So it's just, it's always a treat when that happens and it just feels so good to be like, you know, your black nerdy self about anime and Sailor Moon and video games it just feels so good. Just feels so good to do that. I completely agree. And you are also amazing. I'm so happy you said yes to coming on this show because I am such a fan and you're doing such dope stuff. And I look forward to seeing what you have next. Like you talk about these these stories in your head and I'm like, I wanna know, but I know you can't say. So I will just be looking out on your all your socials and just stalking you, Loki. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And bye, Moonies. Bye, guys.